Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Tell me now, Bob. Welcome to Second Class Cinnabon, the show where we eat a cinnamon roll and immediately discuss. <laughs> All right, I was just about to ask, did you say Second Class Cinnamon Bun? <laughs> second Class Cinnabon? Just kidding. Welcome to Second Class Cinema, the show where we watch a B movie and then immediately discuss. Immediately. Immediately discuss it. I'm Tom. I'm here with Eric. Brittany and Jimmy. Oh my God! Our Hi. special guest. I'm a little nervous. I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll come naturally to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, no, it won't. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy and I have never podcasted together ever before. This will be the first time. Uh, just kidding. We do the studio so together. That's a different podcast. <laughs> Can I do uh, my pick of the week? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> uh, so we just got off of watching 1996's Freeway. Freeway. But before we dive into that so much, let's ask the question to Jimmy. What's your relationship with B-movies? Well, Tom, I mean, B-movies have been something that you've been involved in. That's about <laughs> my extent okay. of B-movie knowledge. And, you know, once in a while, you'll invite me over, and I'll get to enjoy a B-movie. And that's it. That's pretty much it. All right. I don't really go out of my way to watch B-movies on my own. Yeah. So I kind of rely on you guys for that. Oh, that's good. But they're always enjoyable, usually. That's good. Get a good laugh. Usually some drunken exposure after, like, nights out. Yeah. <laughs> Typically. I drunkenly expose myself on these nights a number of times. <laughs> Let me tell you, when we watch Samurai Cop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still haven't seen Samurai Cop. Oh, really? Yeah. We should make that happen. We should Apparently. have you come by on our 24-hour marathon of Samurai Cop. By the way, guys, we haven't received any of your $10 donations. I'm a yes. little upset. We, no envelopes. No $10. No. Nah. So, I was, ex- no I was hoping for at least one or the other. <laughs> at least if we got envelopes sent to us, that'd be one thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we actually, we took it easy on you, Jimmy. We watched uh, Freeway, and this was Britney's selection. It so was. why don't you tell us why you chose this? Um, I chose this movie because I goddamn love it. I love everything about it. Um, I enjoyed it. A friend Good. of mine had it on a VHS that she recorded when she was 10 years old, maybe. And she was like, I always used to watch this movie, and it was so fucked up. Hold on. (laughs) She was 10 when she watched this? Well, I'm assuming, because it came out in 1995, so I'm assuming it got put on TV a few years later. Okay, all right. So she was about our age, and she was like, this movie, Freeway, and I was like, I've never heard of it. And originally, I think I saw the second one, which is 10 times more fucked up than this one. Wow, really? How did they make Um, a sequel? Yes. Does Key the Sutherland come back from the dead again? It has very, I think it has like... (laughs) Both eye. he looks like... I was going to say something. <laughs> you know exactly what I was going to say. Nothing. It has like one or two characters in common, but they're very background. It has like almost nothing to do with the original. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I picked this movie because I think it's hilarious and I love it. It was. It's a, it's a what? A dark comedy crime drama? Dark comedy. Yeah. Dark comedy that, crime drama. That I guess. sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, so what's it about? This movie is basically a modern retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. Now... Just take out the woods that she gets lost in Holy and replace shit, it with I just like. Realized Did you really? Just, <laughs> dude, it was so blatant. It yeah, really was. it was like he was really... a grandma in a bed. <laughs> there were cartoon drawings of Little Red Riding Hood through the credits. <laughs> I know. All right, so pick up Little Red Riding Hood and drop it in like Southeast LA. And now take out Little Red Riding Hood and drop in like a poor, illiterate urban youth played by Reese Witherspoon. 
because when I think of poor, illiterate, urban youths, I think of Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> she actually nailed it, though. Uh, no, she I was, did. I was she at fucking the kills I was it in like, this eh, movie. I don't know how I feel about this, but definitely definitely shined her, her true ghetto colors. <laughs> For yeah, certain. She does a great job. Yeah. And replaced like, the big bad wolf with the I-5 killer, played by Kiefer Sutherland, who is just a serial killer who's murdering women that he picks up on the highway. And yeah, it's pretty wacky. Which I also didn't put together <laughs> until he started going nuts. <laughs> really? <laughs> His character's really... name is Bob Wolverton. <laughs> I Wolf. just like that to be known. Yes. So this is not t- the typical movie that we watch here. Uh, oh. This is a B movie, but it is... But it has uh, some great has, names in it. It's got a great cast, right? See, now why would you classify this as a B movie? That's a good question. Well, a B movie is... I was doing a little research... Good. We don't do that around here. What do you <laughs> What is research? <laughs> um, technically, a B movie is just a low budget commercial film. That's it. Yep. It was originally used when they would do like double billings, and it was always like the lesser known, lesser cared about B billing. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's really all it takes to constitute as a B movie. And mm. I picked it for Cult Month because it does have like a fairly large cult following, considering that it was a total commercial failure when it came out. Mm. Um, their budget was three million dollars, and it made like opening weekend like fourteen thousand. Oh my god! Oof. Yeah, like real bad. I have some numbers here. Wait, fourteen thousand opening weekend, and overall gross was two hundred ninety-five thousand. Oh my wow. god! So this movie's yeah. never made its money back, even in no. after like DVD sales or anything. Wow! Like that. And that's really terrible to me. That is a shame because it's a really fun movie. It's way I don't know if it that. was just before its time. It's very dark. Yeah. I, I think this maybe a couple years later. I think this could have been a more successful endeavor. Yeah. Um, and I was also going to say, like you said, this isn't quite the same kind of movie we cover. The movies we usually cover are pretty dumb, and I feel like this movie was kind of it was a pretty smart movie. It was well done. Totally, I would say that tends to be uh, one of the movie's successes is that it's kind of intelligently written and intelligently paced. Hmm. Um, I felt like a lot of uh, miniature scenarios happening throughout this movie like we i felt like we saw a lot of time pass and a lot of character growth in this short period of time you know yeah like there were different staves to this movie and in a way actually it it did remind me a little bit of its time in that it feels a little bit like pulp fiction Hmm. um it has that same kind of pacing not necessarily the the simultaneous storylines going at the same time but just like the way things are paced out and everything's kind of this own little vignette i like that yeah, like crazy things are happening and just kind of pushing it along. Mm-hmm. This, th- I, I mean, this film kind of gave me the natural born killers vibe. Yeah, in a way. Well, I mean, that's actually funny that you say that, is because <laughs> Oliver Stone is an executive producer on this, uh. and I noticed that in the opening credits. I didn't even know that otherwise. So there you go. Yeah, um, I think a huge strength of this movie is the writing. Like the dialogue mm. is so brash. And honest. Oh, this movie pulls zero um, punches. Yeah, yes. none at all. It's so honest and vulgar, um, but I feel like it really works without being like gratuitous. Mm, totally. I feel like it it fits. Yeah, one of the things I really liked about it was, um, in, was it Reese Witherspoon's character, Vanessa? Uh, one of the things I liked about her is that she was at all times perfectly honest about everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's such an admirable quality in a human being. So when characters and movies and television shows are just honest about everything, I always like that. It's just like, well, they just tell it like it is. That's, that's pretty funny. 
Yeah, she was never was, obnoxious either. Yeah. Wow, uh, well, she was definitely a obnoxious. A couple of times, man. but I never, I never got the vibe that she was annoying me as a I mean, viewer. she shot him like yeah. six times. <laughs> pretty obnoxious. You want to get shot a That's whole a bunch of annoying. times? Yeah, yeah. I love how she always asked. That was her thing. I was going to shoot you a whole bunch of times. Like you don't want that. I mean, uh, it's going to happen if you don't stop it. <laughs> yeah, not to mention she was like a was supposed to be like fifteen or sixteen years old. Her character uh, in this movie, probably like sixteen. Sixteen. Ish. She knew how to drive a car. Yeah. yeah, so I'd say about 16 years old. So basically, I don't know if we want to get a little more into the plot or if we're just Yeah, we can that. we can pr- progress the plot forward. Okay. So, just a rough breakdown. Um she has like a whore crackhead mom who gets arrested for soliciting, which in turn sends her searching for her grandmother so she doesn't go into foster care. And that's when her car breaks down on I5 and she meets the I5 killer and uh, he basically gets her to open herself up to him and tell her him about her childhood and then she finds out he's the killer she gets sent to like a juvenile facility and then this whole like investigation ensues basically well, you, you missed a step i'll say yeah <laughs> she finds out he's the killer and then oh and then she <laughs> <laughs> you skip like the really trying important... to be kind of vague um, finding out who the i5 killer is nope you're going to jail <laughs> <laughs> so first she says she's going to turn him in but then she ends up just shooting him after he says he's going to have sex with her dead body yeah and you are led to believe that he is dead and she leaves him for dead and she just moves on but then, which well, he should have been the dead because he took like fucking five bullets. He, yeah, he definitely should have died. What we can agree on that. But I yeah. like how the movie um, kind of took a strange turn. Then, so it went from you know she's getting away, and then she's you know they're building this relationship, uh, and then he turns on her like real real quick, and it's mm. pretty fast, and you know it's pretty bad, and he doesn't even really get a ton of time to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. he gets <laughs> maybe a few minutes to be the bad guy before he fucks the whole thing up. But and, see, I love that. And I, yes, oh, I thought I, that was a fantastic thing. I wrote that down as a success. Totally. Because like, I feel like she is just like at the mercy of everyone in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's like constantly in danger of being exploited. And everyone just wants to take advantage of her and like doesn't give a shit about her at all. Mm-hmm. But she kind of takes it into her own hands and just does not allow that to happen. Yeah, at she, every turn, she's like, no, fuck this. She's yeah. never allowed to be a victim for more than like 10 seconds. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I thought the acting That's in this good. movie was great. Yeah. For being so... Like campy kind of yeah but yeah. taking it yeah. seriously the whole time like I, f- I don't feel like anyone's ever in on the joke except for vanessa right i thought that uh britney murphy's role was pretty crazy yeah <laughs> like, that's I, right. I did, like it took me a few minutes to realize a that it was her and then the way that you know she was portraying that character i was like whoa that's lesbian drunk addict yeah bunk I mate. like I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> britney murphy doing that oh <laughs> Yeah, no, that was really cool. I like all the little cameos in this movie. There's a lot of them. Uh, Brittany Murphy, Dan Hedaya, which is not a cameo because he's one of the like main yeah, characters. <laughs> Brooke Shields. Uh, Brooke Shields, uh, Bakeem Woodbine, Amanda Plummer. Oh, that's right, Amanda who's Plummer fantastic who played the mom. in the five minutes she was in this movie, as always. Yeah, that's right. She always plays a great psychopath. She has like some crazy emotional intensity going on. Totally agree. Um, any more successes we want to chalk up? Anything uh, else we got up our sleeves? I'm 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 definitely not like a film major type, so this stuff tends to be kind of lost on me. I don't know if the the filmmakers intended this, but the use of color, I thought was very interesting. Okay. Um. So, for example, um, whenever Vanessa escapes from a bad situation, like she escapes from her terrible family life, or she escapes from the prison, yeah. Um, the colors are very vibrant. 
like it was very there were like a lot of like you said like um the la greens and like the urban blues and reds um, yeah and I, I just thought that was really cool um and then when she gets arrested there's a lot of reds and whites all over the screen um you know to symbolize you know, the, the blood that she's shed because she shot someone about 17 times yeah i think that crosses <laughs> over into the scene where she has a dream mm-hmm. and it's just oh all, yeah like, it's super it's vibrant. fantastical yeah. and col- colorful and nothing really makes sense mm-hmm. there's like giraffes and like pinwheels and <laughs> just whenever she has the opportunity to escape from a bad situation it's always a very vibrant colorful scene and i really like that yeah very well done uh i was gonna say one of one of the successes i had down here is the uh the Danny Elfman uh, score. <laughs> oh, that's which right. Elfman, totally. Which, which uh, you kind of you kind of see a little uh, a different side of Danny there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the traditional Danny. Some Elfman. of it does, does though. Yeah, there was that. Um, it was actually it was in one of the dreams that there was a song playing that I think was like, oh, okay, I can hear it for sure. Yeah. It was supposed <laughs> to be like this really warped sounding kind of, mm-hmm. you know, not realistic, surreal moment. Yeah, and it's weird that Danny Elfman had anything to do with it, considering how much of a failure this movie was. Yeah, initially. So, <laughs> so what do you think? Why wasn't this movie well received? Like, what what do you think it did to detract people? Maybe it didn't get the right marketing, but maybe it was maybe the content drew them away. I don't know. I think it, a lot of it had to probably do with all the uh, child pornography kind of vibe. Yeah, that was. I mean, the I five killer did this to young women, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, actually, this movie originally received an nc-17 rating wow. and then got chopped down to an r and the one we watched was r yes okay so and so it could have been worse yes Oof. do you think it got worse when it was like the reveal of who he was i don't know i i from what i read matthew bright the guy who wrote and directed it said that during the editing process and during like the rating process oliver stone was like working on something else he wasn't readily available and he said that his movie totally got butchered and like Oliver Stone wasn't there to save it basically. Really? Yeah. Like he didn't have his like production, I don't know, producing integrity to kind of hold mm. the movie together. And it, I guess it didn't end up being exactly what he wanted, but he's happy with it. Yeah. In the end, yeah. is there a director's cut of this? Does he have his own? I don't know. That'd be interesting to watch. That would be interesting. To see exactly what this... Because he wrote and directed, you said, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be interesting. I don't know how much of what got caught. I think it was just for uh, language content. Oh, so that's well, it. This is this is what got left in? Wow. Yeah, yeah I was saying. <laughs> Which I makes mean. me wonder how much they had to cut. Like, was it a yeah. little? Was it a lot? Um, and I guess the makeup that Bob had on for his defigured face disfigured face yeah um in her dream sequence was the makeup they were originally supposed to use oh but it that, took, like, okay yeah it was like really messed up and like yeah. pulled up and disgusting yeah, yeah like, but it like, took like seven hours like to apply and they just didn't have time really to do that because i i actually like how how the makeup really was uh, in reality, and then how in the dream it was the really fucked up version. I liked yeah. how they did that. That yeah. was great. So they actually probably, by saving time and budget, they probably just made a little bit of a better effect there. Because mm. you only see it for like a half of, like a couple of frames. Yeah. Very cool. But you definitely notice it. I also love the... I like his voice box. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so much scarier. It it's... makes him such like... Like 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 such a weird, like a more disjointed character. He's like straight know. up Vader. Yeah, like he's such like a bad guy. And he wants a fucking straw for his soup. <laughs> Excuse me, Flo. Can I? <laughs> can I get, can I get the fucking straw for this soup de jour? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I also love the satir- satirical commentary of this movie, like you mentioned before. Mm. Yeah, I was I was going to um, maybe save it for the risks, but I guess we can call it now. <laughs> no, like, we okay. can call it a risk because that yeah, works for me. I, I okay. think maybe for for um, the mid nineties, the um, the the how heavily this calls out like classism is maybe a little risky, or maybe would have gone off the audience's head at that time. Yeah. Um, like the everyone in this movie that's like rich or affluent is just a horrible piece of shit. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> they don't give her the time of day. They no. don't give her the benefit of the doubt. They just immediately assume the worst, whereas they are just doing these horrible things directly to her face oh yeah um and the one that really actually hit me um like and, and the movie hit you over the head with it but it, like i really did I, I i felt it um was when bob wolverton's wife is immediately willing to just be like he's got mental problems when like the entire movie she is like just talking about how all these kids on the street have mental issues and they should be thrown to the gas chamber yeah, yeah. Um, and and none of the characters give her any credit for that they're just like no fuck off <laughs> i really appreciated that like yeah totally <laughs> fuck her yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that was the line that was literally That's exactly the line. what i said <laughs> also you have this like uh powerful well, semi-powerful influential psychiatrist who is bob wolverton mm-hmm. and he kind of makes her trust him and then totally exploits her feelings and everything i yep. mean he is a psychopath yeah and, <laughs> and the movie doesn't the movie like we discussed earlier the movie doesn't give him any opportunity to to leverage that over vanessa oh yeah exactly um, and that's how he kind of starts it out he's like yeah. nobody's gonna believe you right which is the something, age-old thing <laughs> and nobody does something she's been hearing her entire life so she just does not put up with it yeah, yeah. not this time and I, I felt like it was it made for a very satisfying experience like a different experience definitely different um but no, overall i felt that was a big strength of the movie yeah just, for sure it was very satisfying to see someone just not get anything pulled over on them anymore yeah that's interesting yeah they don't make movies about that character mm. you know not often and uh <laughs> the uh another risk on top of that i guess would be um the fact that even Kiefer sutherland signed up to do a movie like this yeah um that even got nancy 17 rating because he had already done this is 96 so he had already done like a lot of stuff. Like Lost Boys and... Um, young Guns. Young Guns and a bunch of other movies that he's... Flatliners, probably. Yeah, Flatliners that he's really well known for, where he's actually probably peaking at those moments. Yeah. And so he decided to do a movie like this. I thought that was, you know, risky on his part. Well, maybe he had faith in the script, because honestly, if I had read it, I probably would be like, this is awesome. Totally. This is satirically hilarious and pushes the envelope and... How could it go wrong? Yeah, it's totally cutting edge. I mean, in, in some respects, I would say if this had been a big success, I'd be like, yeah, obviously, of course it is. <laughs> it, it, it has that same vibe of like a really good mid-90s thriller. Like, I, I don't see why this is any different than, you know, Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or like you would said, uh, Natural Born Killers. Now, wasn't yeah. it, was this one of Reese Witherspoon's first, like, lead It was lead definitely roles? an early one, yeah. So, I mean, she really had no nothing to lose kind of i think fear maybe came out the year before this with mark Wahlberg. um i know she was in man on the moon man in the moon rather um but i'm not sure of any of her other early early roles um no she she only had a couple of small roles i guess before that and um oh so it wasn't really a risk no i mean this came out i guess the same year as fear did oh okay that makes sense but that was about the same time and i mean she had lots of small stuff before then she had some tv stuff so i mean maybe this was her first chance to lead a movie well i guess it was kind of a risk for her too then considering how extreme some of the movie was yeah and she's like just starting to land leading roles with like mark Wahlberg. that's true to take a role like this 
It's risky. Risky on her behalf. Mark Wahlberg also freshly coming off Marky Mark, not (laughs) the established man he is today, right? Yeah, that's (laughs) very true. Um, So where do we think this movie fell short um, of achieving its its goal of pushing stuff forward? Maybe what elements of it did did we not like? Um, I I have one. I'm hard-pressed. I have one element I didn't like, and that was... um, Tell me. Her boyfriend, Chopper, like... I just felt like that whole that that served no purpose to me. That just seemed mm. in there to well, to try and do something. It was a plot device to later let, let the, detective the detective know, know yeah. that she wasn't actually racist, and that when she called him <laughs> the dreaded N word, yes, it was she just used because he did not believe her and he disrespected her. Yeah, but yeah. that seemed so trivial in the first place. I, I would have liked some more meat on that. I agree. Yeah. yeah, or at least make me care about Chopper a little bit more before icing him so quickly. Oh, you know? but yeah. I love that his name is Chopper Wood, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in the Little Red Riding Hood allegory, uh, there is like a woodsman. Yeah, the, I think yeah. the woodsman saves saves her in the yeah. Little yeah. Riding Hood. So he I'm actually, her, you know he what? He gave her the gun. That's also yeah. I didn't think about that. You know what? You just <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say. I was wondering if they're trying to like invert the fact that she gets saved and rather she saves herself. But Chopper does give her the gun, so in a way. You can make yeah, that connection. Busting this thing yeah. wide open. <laughs> uh, any anything else from anyone? I, I was going to say and this is a stupid little thing, but this is, these are the stupid little things that I pick up on. Good. Uh, when she's in the solitary confinement, she pulls a lighter out of her, you know, outfit. Where in the fuck did she get a lighter? <laughs> that's actually a good point. Because don't you think they would have, you know, there would have been an put in her in there? Yeah, that's true. There would have been an intensive strip search. Yeah, yeah. especially someone who'd been arrested three times for arson. Yeah, and once for attempted murder. But I guess <laughs> you gotta have those smokes when you're in the big house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she used it to like make a weapon. Like she could have just used that as a weapon. True. <laughs> she could have just yeah, but the she's place. in solitary. What is she gonna do? Light her own cell on fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody get me out of here. I'm burning alive. <laughs> Try me as an adult now. <laughs> um, I did notice something. I guess, I don't know if it would, could be construed as continuity error. Um, but in the beginning, like, she's struggling to read a sentence that says, the cat drinks milk. <laughs> and then after she kills Bob and she's at the roadside diner, she's like, oh, I'll have, like, the double He-Man breakfast oh, yeah, with uh, a cherry Coke. I mean... That breakfast I guess, sounds delicious, by the way. It does. <laughs> really does. That does sound great. Um, <laughs> sounds like the lumberjack. I don't know if that mm. would be continuity. Maybe like character continuity. Well, I mean, as far as excuses for that go, do you think she was kind of fucking with the person in the beginning? Maybe. Maybe. Possible, yeah. Because, or, possible. I mean, or it's, I guess it's more likely that... Or it just tries to show you how far she's come. A poor, know. illiterate urban youth would be used to ordering off of menus and maybe not so much reading books. Yeah. I've got, I've got something else. What do you um, got? So here's another an issue I had here. She kills the I-5 killer, and the police don't even for a second think maybe she's telling the truth. They're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. that's true. They just kind of <laughs> like, oh, gloss right. over it. Yeah, right. they didn't even like bother getting the search warrant yeah. until that guy was like, hey, she called me that name for no reason. <laughs> Maybe she's onto something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like that does play out thematically in terms of like the, the victimization themes and the, um, the classism themes. But in terms of like plot, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why wouldn't the police follow up on that lead at all? Yeah. And they, they didn't yeah. check the crime scene. At a, I, anyway, he just goes back and finds the hair laying yeah. out there in the open. <laughs> yeah, they didn't see that I the first that. time. <laughs> at first, I was like, did it get, like, blown somewhere? 
but I feel like that would be way too heavy to just get blown about in the breeze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it was like the whole ponytail that he cut off there. Yeah. Just left. Yeah, that, that was definitely a plot hole that was kind of bumbling around in my head. I mean, I get why they did it, but it still didn't sit right with me. I, I wonder if they maybe would have been able to write around that in a smarter manner. All right, do we have any more failures before we move on? I want to know. Favorite parts. Where did Brooke Shields get the gun? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, too. She, she was like, you know, she was up the stairs and blowing her fucking head off, you know, like in five seconds. I don't know. Did Maybe you take they it? are illegal gun-owning Californians. I'll say, did you take it from? But was the it detective? in the bathroom already? And that was very. It was really quick. Yeah, so it was, it was very quick. Well, I mean, it was presented as to be very quick, but. I mean, I guess that's another true. weird thing too, because as soon as we would have found out that, you know, after they discover the evidence, she immediately blows her head off. Why didn't? the police like try to restrain her at all because maybe she's in on it she's been yeah she might have been lying to them the entire time yeah, yeah. she has ready access to a gun she could have just blown all them down <laughs> and she but, didn't know that her husband had a shed full of pornos yeah <laughs> i mean it, it does strike me as the same kind of direction you would see in a 90s thriller so i mean i guess i'm not going to fault it too much it seems very of its time yeah um kind of maybe that left the hollywood shorthand a little bit yeah yeah because i mean they were just like yeah Fuck her, yeah. man. <laughs> She's stupid. That that black cop was hilarious, though, I have to say. Yeah, he was great. I uh, felt like he really enjoyed uh, hearing the things he was hearing from these <laughs> from these women. He was, uh, he was, he like, was intrigued by them in a weird way. <laughs> he was kind of Frank Washingtoning the, the entire time. <laughs> he was just smiling and just like, ooh, ooh damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so favorite parts. Who wants to call out some uh, favorite moments or favorite themes? Oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, Eric. I hope I'm not stealing this from anyone else because we all laugh pretty hard at this. But um, after Bob Wolferton manages to make it to the hospital and he's like all wrapped up and Dan Hedaya asks him if he recognizes the woman in this picture <laughs> and he shows him <laughs> he shows him a picture of Reese Witherspoon's character and she's it's like so her, goddamn happy. <laughs> she's like staring at someone. It's like her school photo. Yeah. yeah. Her like tongue sticking out like Yes. Ah. <laughs> and all the while Kiefer Sutherland's just wrapped up in gauze yeah. like screaming in agonizing <laughs> pain. <laughs> but I'm it's a, a beautiful contrast. I'm gonna have to go with the uh, extension cord guy. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that poor guy, right? So um right at the very end of the movie when we find out that uh he was like in the bed in her nightgown in her nightgown with a shower cap on like the wolf does <laughs> <laughs> exactly correct uh and then when they start duking it out in her grandmother's apartment after he killed her uh, <laughs> apparently her neighbor walks in with like she, maybe she asked for an extension cord that, yesterday and he found one <laughs> and he just comes walking in like hey i found that extension cord for <laughs> and then she just gets shot in the chest <laughs> and then beyond that he then, oh. he, yeah. he then walks out of the trailer just <laughs> at the end of the movie yeah like when when the police are about to go in they don't even notice him uh and he's just walking out holding his stomach with like a gunshot wound and i think that's like another thing like i don't know if i want to clip this short uh regards to that particular guy but i like that gunshot does not equal dead in this movie oh yeah which i feel like is such a hollywood shortcut that so many movies just adhere to totally oh yeah but like Actually, I'm trying to think. Does anyone that gets shot in this movie get shot to death? Other than Chopper, um, does it? Oh, that's right. Chopper does. Uh, he only got, oh, shot, he got once. shot once. Yeah, he <laughs> got shot once. <laughs> yeah, Never mind. They missed him the first time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I, I was going to say I have I have another pro I have another thing that I just thought of that I have an issue with. Oh, Reese Witherspoon runs into the trailer park and just starts yelling, "Grandma!" grandma. <laughs> you know how many fucking grandmas are probably in that trailer park? <laughs> I was thinking 
like, why is this happening? Everyone comes outside. <laughs> my granddaughter's here, finally. <laughs> no, it's my granddaughter. <laughs> all fighting over her. Uh, that grandma with the, that Keith is and kill probably wasn't even her grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I know, she's like, oh, this isn't even my grandma. <laughs> Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> oh, man. I have so got? many favorite parts. Vanessa has the best insults and lines in this movie. Um, it was really hard for me to pick. I wrote down like three. I'll share them all. Please do. Um, <laughs> when they're in court and Vanessa finds out she's going to be tried as an adult and they're like, the bailiff is leading her out of the courtroom and Bob and his wife Mimi are just all fucking smug and smiling and Vanessa just yells fuck you chipmunk face (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious um and then when she initially when Bob initially picks her up and she finds out he's the I-5 killer and she has the gun on him and he tries to like turn around to reason with her and she yells do you want to get shot a whole bunch of times (laughs) (laughs) hilarious um and then the last one which might be my favorite one is when she's pretending to turn tricks just to um, get a car so she can drive to her grandma's house. And she has this John pull down his pants and then she pulls a gun on him and basically tells him to get in the trunk. So he's like getting in the trunk and he's like, I, I, can't, I can't, I'm claustrophobic. And she's like, well, I got claustrophobic sucking strained dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was like the best line of the entire movie. <laughs> like the writing for her character was just flawless and just so funny so is the execution as well yes she did a fantastic job i initially had doubts yeah especially because the when i think reese witherspoon i think of that movie sweet home alabama (laughs) (laughs) she's always like very non-offensive characters yeah i mean i kind of just like how this movie was about like a budding young criminal put in the situation to be a good guy with your criminal like instincts yeah Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was really good. That was a clever twist. Yeah, they, like, allowed her to be a criminal for the, for the sake of good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just had two other quick ones, the chicken soup thing. <laughs> when Bob is sitting in the diner with his mangled face and the terrified waitress is taking his order and his face is all fucked up and his mouth is, like, wide open and he, he can't really like talk. He looks like somebody stuck a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, like a leaf blower. Side of his face. Yeah, or a yeah, leaf, leaf blower. <laughs> Like, half of it's a slit and the other half is just a wide open circle. Um, and she's like, what can I get you? And he's like, I'll take some chicken soup with a fucking straw. <laughs> <laughs> then he starts, like, grasping at her breast area and her name tag. <laughs> oh, so Flo. creepy. Yeah. Ugh. And then oh. just before Vanessa shoots him when she asks if he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal savior. I just found that comical. <laughs> I, yeah. I almost want to say that's like a straight up Charles Bronson line from Death Wish 2. I'm not making that up. Really? He literally asks uh, like the street punk if he believes in Jesus and then tells him that he's going to meet him and then shoots him. Uh, I felt like she was so yeah. sincere about it, which yes. is what made it that much more funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she really yeah. legitimately cared and wanted him to get it out before she shot him. Totally. Her, her character did come to like a like I felt like that character was a whole. I be- I believe that character was written from the bottom up, oh, and yeah. not just wasn't just like a compilation of like okay we're gonna give her this this and this like yeah. someone fleshed out a character with sixteen years of history. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't like reverse engineered with a one good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was built up properly. I can agree with that. Uh, my favorite part, one of my favorite parts, I guess, is gonna be the uh, the very end of the movie, which was. Like, you know, this huge culmination of a fight between the I-5 killer and our main character. And then, you know, 
she wins and then they go outside and she's like you guys gotta smoke <laughs> and then freeze frame happy ending like yeah this free- crazy story <laughs> freeze frames and then like her laughing yeah <laughs> and then like the you know the theme music for a sitcom or something creepy Danny Elfman music everybody's like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say when she pulls the blanket off him when he's wearing my grandma's nightgown and she's like those are some big ugly fucking teeth you got Bob <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she even played into it too uh, yeah that was my, one of my favorite parts I think just the way it ended the way it wrapped itself up Jimmy what do you got for favorite parts I told you the extension cord it's kind of good. <laughs> I didn't Very want to step anywhere I like, I like the extension cord and I like Bob's fucked up face <laughs> the, the transformation of Bob into an actual wolf was brilliant I loved yeah. how wolfy he looked. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so um, and actually, I would say just the transformation of Bob, just that, that quick 180 he does as a character. Yeah. That, oh, I'm totally open. Oh, now I'm really intimidating. Oh, now I'm a whiny bitch. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. that whole 180 and like, you know, actually another very specific moment was when they're, uh, you know, he's in the hospital after just being shot and going in or whatever. People are having like a conversation. He's just screaming in the background <laughs> in pain. Like, oh, ah, God. Ah, <laughs> And everyone's just like talking. He's like, fucking killing me. <laughs> so that was no hysterical. Yeah. You know, they did such a good job with that. I really hope that no one is ashamed to have this movie in their repertoire. Yeah, totally. Because so I think this movie's great, and I'm so glad that it became like a cult classic mm. and that people really love it because it deserves it. All right. I, I have one more little favorite throwaway part. <laughs> Throw it in. Um, <laughs> after the police discover Bob's uh, secret porno shed. And with, with human slash animal remains, um, he pulls up to the house and see all, uh, sees all of the um, the police vehicles like parked in his, his driveway. And one of the cops is just looking at the centerfold. Like, <laughs> uh, some of those titles are terrible. Uh, I, I missed the titles. I didn't see that. One was like no. cock sucking toddlers. Oh, I was like, okay, see, I didn't even see that part. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, they really make Bob to be a fucking terrible guy. Yeah. Somehow his wife didn't realize that this ungodly collection of of magazines is is in the shed like not even like one or two or three like no like a like, whole shed's worth yeah mm. yeah i didn't get that either. <laughs> i get it was for effect but i thought it was funny that as soon as they opened the doors they just came yeah, yeah. out. so it's like so, honey i need to go into the backyard for a few minutes <laughs> she's like cooking dinner or something and in the background you just see the magazines falling like out avalanche <laughs> I, I almost wonder if that may, maybe is something that got lost on the editing room floor is that like maybe yeah, there were hints the... dropped that like maybe she started to see bits and pieces of it and willingly ignored it maybe. which is why she was like so outwardly against this little monster that had you know mutilated her husband yeah um, she was like you know projecting a little too much that's a good, but it, it never really showed up in the subtext of the movie, so I might be projecting a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to ratings. Then. The picks of the week? No picks. Uh, okay. No, we're not picking anything. <laughs> so let's rate it then. Yeah, I'm gonna go. With yeah, I'm gonna you. have to give it an unfortunate fuck off. Oh my god, my fucking fuck father! You. Fuck you! A fucking fine. Fuck you! Yeah! Can we play that's fucked up or what? No, we're no. not going to play that. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I like to point out that Ebert gave this three and a half out of four stars, and that Siskel and Ebert at the movies gave this movie two thumbs up. Very nice. And that it still was a commercial failure. Yeah. <laughs> so just keep that in mind when you're rating. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it in mind. Who do we? Uh, Jimmy, do you know you know the rating system, right? I forgot. Okay. So For the benefit of Jimmy and the listener. Yes, we'll explain. So the best rating you can give a movie is a fuck yeah. 
the second best rating is a fuck off and the worst rating is a fuck you uh, and you can use a different million fucks in between a different million fucks <laughs> yeah so it has to be phrased in the form of a fuck you can say what the fuck or fucking fine or anything like that but those are your three bases all right I'm or chicken go soup with, with a fucking straw <laughs> <laughs> fucking all right fucking all right <laughs> fucking all right that's perfectly uh, fine rating now why do you give it this rating why'd you give it just, I mean, it just the, a fucking it wasn't right. the best movie i've ever seen but it wasn't bad i thought it was um you know above the 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 the, the, the middle somewhere, in, somewhere <laughs> in, above <laughs> the middle all right some, so better some, than a fuck off so somewhere, I guess, yeah. somewhere between really bad and really good <laughs> all right somewhere between there no, I don't know. I if I was to give it a grade that isn't a fu- on the fuck scale, I'd we give, can't do that. I, I don't know. I'd give it like a seventy-three. <laughs> oh, okay. seventy-three. Okay. <laughs> 73. Well, we don't accept nice that grade. Wait, 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 so, wait. Hold on. So that's why Jimmy. I said fucking all right. Jimmy, I get you. Wait, I think I can help Jimmy out. Would you give it a fucking seventy-three? Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Yeah, I'm perfectly acceptable. <laughs> fucking we we can accept that. All right. <laughs> um. All right, uh, Eric. What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with a fuck yeah. Um, I enjoyed the like I enjoyed it the whole way through. I think a, a hallmark of whether or not I'm going to enjoy a movie is if I look at it at the I, it's always the 47 minute mark. <laughs> I am always looking at the counter on the DVD player, and if I say, "Wow, it's already 47 minutes in," good movie. <laughs> if I say, "We're only at 47 minutes," bad movie. <laughs> um, I know. I thought it was great. Um, I'd like to give it another watch at some point, just yeah. so I can pick out some of the things that maybe I missed the first time around. Um, I think the movie I wasn't well. We don't usually watch smart movies on this fucking podcast. We usually watch stupid garbage like Robo Vampire. It's true. So like, <laughs> I, I I didn't go into this expecting to like actually do some serious analysis, and I, I would like to watch it again. Um, I think the only thing that maybe didn't sit right with me at some points is it does kind of have those um, those feelings of like, okay, this is a mid nineties thriller. Everyone loves Tarantino, but <laughs> oh yeah, and it, 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 this is maybe the best example of that kind of film. So I'm not going to fault it for that. It's really good about that. All uh, right. So overall, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it in spite of that. I don't think it did any favors, but overall, I think the whole thing was a solid production. I really liked it. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, Britt, what do you give it? Because this yeah. is your selection. Yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, all the way. Um, I was excited about Cult Month because I initially wanted to do this just for the podcast. And Tom was like, well, I don't know if it's really a B movie. And I felt that it personally was, but I didn't want to like, you know, bring on a movie that we all didn't feel equally about in terms of if it fit into our niche here um but it is a cult classic so i took the opportunity for cult month to pick it i love the writing in this movie i think it's hilarious i love the social commentary i love the performances i'm hard pressed to find something i don't like about this movie (laughs) i just thoroughly enjoy it maybe it's because the first time i saw it i was very surprised i just had no expectations oh yeah same here i I can as a first time viewer of this I, i can totally agree with that yeah um, this was is actually your, was it your first time? This is the second. I would say this oh, is the second, second time I've seen this movie. You showed it to me uh, years and years ago. Um, and the first, I think I liked it better the second time I watched it over the first time. Um, so I mean, my rating is going to be uh, fucking cool because <laughs> this movie's fucking cool. Um, it really is. It's it does a lot of stuff real different. It moves really well, and it never gets boring. Um, I would say that this is definitely one of the better movies we've watched it's executed very well it's thought out they knew what they were going for and then they actually had to dial it back apparently so fucking cool from me sweet yeah and i don't think the director slash writer really made a lot 
of other things besides this, except for Ex- oh, that, <laughs> the oh. Gary Oldman vehicle Tiptoes, uh, in which he plays a dwarf. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that movie. What yeah. In the world? Have you never heard of this one? We haven't seen it personally, but we have heard things about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just some things. Oh. Now that we've all rated it, what is everyone's final all right. thoughts? Time for plugs. <laughs> My final thought final is that final plugs. anyone who just wants to watch an enjoyable movie should watch this. And if you want to watch a really f- fuck, a more fucked up, maybe slightly less enjoyable movie, watch Freeway 2. Confessions of a Trick Baby. <laughs> starring Natasha Lyonne. That's right. What is it? David Confessions a- of a what? Trick Baby. Oh. <laughs> starring Natasha Lyonne and David Allen Greer and Vincent Gallo. It's that, that really one like a fucking weird. <laughs> well, we should all check that one out, too. We should have watched the two of them together. That definitely is falls under the category of something we could watch. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Under normal circumstances? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so no final thoughts? We're all done? Uh, no, I don't. I, I think I, was, I got out everything I needed to. I'd say I, I, think, I thought it was a good movie. I thought all the acting was good. I thought it was well put together. Um, I think it's a movie that would make some people uncomfortable. I can I can definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. If if you're a little bit squeamish, this might not be the movie. Squeamish. I wonder or if that has really... something to do with its critical reception. Yeah, maybe um, that's what I was thinking. I, I I don't know about that though, because then I was thinking like, well, Taxi Driver is critically acclaimed, and that shares a lot of the same themes as this does, in terms True. of like there wasn't as much child, child pornography. <laughs> yeah, but there was literal violence. like child prostitutes in Taxi Driver, and a dude gets his sh- hand shot off, and he's like, ah, you fucker. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> exactly, That man. is a very serious movie, though. That's yeah, true. This... It might be the fact that this movie is very flippant, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of dark humor. Maybe that's the reason that's not so well-received. It's rather lowbrow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Those brows are set Isn't real low. A... It's not high class. <laughs> they had to reattach Bob Wolverton's brows to be really low. <laughs> wasn't wasn't Fargo... Like, Fargo is like a cult movie that really didn't get that big of a... Until after the fact? Yeah. Yeah, I think... And that was dark humor, right? Yeah, I think that movie picked up a I lot of steam. I still haven't seen that. Yeah. Still haven't watched Fargo? I think that came out actually right right about the same time this did. Oh. About 96, 97. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that was the era of dark comedy. Oh, I have one last fun fact. Oh, Ooh, fun fact. Fun fact. picture of Vanessa's dad that she carries in her wallet yeah. is actually a picture of mass murderer Richard Speck. And which oh, one was really? Richard Speck? Um, he broke into a house in illinois in like the 60s or 70s or something and murdered like eight nursing students jesus jeez yeah that's not a fun fact at all that is a fun fact no that's a terrifying that's fact <laughs> hats off to matthew bright for writing that in there that is pretty a cool idea though. Yeah, putting in little like tidbits like that i feel like there's a lot of little drives the like insanity that. yeah yeah that yeah. was really cool and really well thought out and just makes me like this movie even more all right so the this, end. this has been Second Class Cinema. We watched Freeway from 1996. Second Class Cinnabon. Second Class Cinnabon. If you like more of a please navigate. Will you w- shut w- the w- fuck w- up already? Let, 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 let him do his plug. All right, all right. Oh, you got Sorry, pl- it's a habit. You got it's any just, plugs, just, Jimmy? Do I have any plugs? Yeah. Uh, I'm well, gonna... all right. This has been uh, Second <laughs> Class Cinnabon. all the time we got. <laughs> uh, all right. So you can find us on Facebook, uh, Second Class Cinema. On Facebook, uh, Twitter at Two ND Class Podcast, the number Two ND Class Podcast, YouTube, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher, iTunes. Jimmy, where are we? Where? Stitcher sucks. <laughs> you know what? Fox Stitcher. Stitcher's had some issues, and they need to get their act together. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and Podbean, as well. That's where we host all of our stuff. So Imager. head over there. On oh, we've been on Imager. We've been posting a lot of our gift files to Imager, so you can check us out there that's as well. That's how you pronounce that. Imager. So. Yeah, that's my Imager. 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 Oh. Imager. 
Imager. I've been calling it Crandall. Sex <laughs> <laughs> Cauldron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we watched it on DVD. Uh, you can find it on DVD, VHS. Um, I don't know where else you can find it. To be uh, you could probably go to Movie Stop and find it on the shelf. I have it on DVD, so I didn't look anywhere else. <laughs> and you hear that, folks? We can afford DVD players. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also reach us at secondclasscinema at gmail.com. Jimmy, uh, where can we find you? Jimmy. Thanks a lot. You can find me in the bowels of hell. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. That was my attempt to at least let you put your plug yeah, in. Yeah, you can find anyway. me up the street. I just want to say, Tom, thanks for thanks for letting me come in the house for once. Usually, <laughs> usually you make me stay outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have you watch it on the porch through yeah. the window. <laughs> and uh, no, I won't hand you your drink either. You come in again. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thanks for coming by, Jimmy. Really Definitely. appreciate it. Yeah, it's hey, good to have you. Thanks. Um, I felt that you might enjoy this movie, so I did enjoy it. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed the experience. That's it. <laughs> we are all done. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the studios. <laughs> <laughs> Buenos noches. Uh, what would you like? I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you.